0: Good morning, Crossroads, and happy 4th of July weekend. This is a great weekend for us to celebrate the freedoms that we enjoy here in America. And it's also a great time to pause and reflect on the freedoms that we have been given in Jesus. He has set us free, and I hope that today you are celebrating the freedom that you have in Jesus. You have been set free from your addictions, from your sin. From all of your shame and all of your guilt, you have been set free because of the power of Jesus. And today we are celebrating that supernatural power of Jesus as we continue this series and take a look at the miracles that he performed while he walked on planet Earth. In the scriptures, we see there are 44 different instances where something miraculous happened around the life of Jesus. And there are so many lessons that we can learn from these moments with Jesus where the supernatural was experienced. And today we're focusing on a miracle that really makes you think about what it is that you are focusing on. Because listen, what you are focusing on with your life, what you're staying focused on, what your eyes are fixed on, it matters because it shows where you are going, it keeps your perspective right, it keeps your eyes fixed on what really matters. And it's really, really important as we dive in today to realize that as people, as people we have to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, all right? And the important truth today is that we are going to focus in on this reality that when we keep our eyes on Jesus, it really does change everything, and it helps put everything in life in perspective. We're taking a look today at one of my favorite moments with Jesus, a miracle where you really see faith being tested, but an amazing lesson being taught. And this all unfolds in Matthew chapter 14. And it happens right after Jesus has performed one of his amazing miracles. He's coming off a miracle where he has fed 5,000 people on a hillside in the middle of nowhere, all right? With five loaves of bread and with two fish. He's done something extraordinary. He's done a supernatural thing. The people have been amazed. And it says in Matthew chapter 14, it says, Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake, While he sent the people home, this is important. It says, after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Now let's just stop and break this down because we're not even to the miracle of the day yet, but we have to really just highlight the significance of this moment, okay? Because what we see here is that Jesus prioritized spending time alone with God. Now listen. As followers of Jesus, this is an example that we have to follow. This is a discipline that we have to put place into place in our daily routines and in our lives. We have to get into the habit and into the routine daily of carving out some space in our calendar and spending some time alone with God. Listen, if it's important to Jesus to do this, it's important for you, it's important for me. I can tell when I don't carve out time in my calendar to spend time with God. It makes a difference because when I focus on my time with God, it keeps me focused on Jesus. When I don't have my focus on Jesus, everything else begins to fall apart. Here at Crossroads, we have identified four different types of prayers. We have an acronym uh, and a crosstake that helps you remember this. All right, It's P-R-A-Y. We have prayers of praise. Prayers that just give God unequivocal praise. Prayers that worship him because he is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords, there is no one like him. And it does all of us good to just pause and recognize that he is God, I am not. He has created all of this. The universe is held in his hand. And to give him praise for that recognizes that he is Lord of all. There is nothing that he cannot do. It's good for us just to pause and reflect on those in moments during the day. The second type of prayer is prayers of request. This is when I have something that's on my mind. When I'm concerned about someone in my life or something that's going on in in this world, I bring that request to Jesus. I give it to him, and I ask him to take this burden off my plate, and I give that to him. These are prayers that we pray most often. Those are sometimes the panic prayers, right? Oh, no! I remember in school, I had a lot of those, right? When you had the test that you didn't study for. God, please let me do good on this test. Sometimes those can be panic prayers, but listen. It's the ask, seek, and knock principle. Man, you keep coming to God with your prayers of request. He will hear your prayers. You be persistent. You keep knocking on that door. God hears your prayers. There's prayers of praise. There's prayers of request. There's prayers of appreciation. These are the prayers of thanksgiving that keep me focused on the blessings that God has given me. You always, you always, always, always have something to be thankful for. And when I focus on showing Jesus appreciation for the blessings that I have been given in my life, it keeps me from falling into the trap of of complaining and worrying about all the things that I don't have, right? It keeps me focused on the many blessings that God has given me, and it helps me realize he's here. He's blessing me, and I have much to be thankful for. I think the final prayer is probably the most important. It's the prayer of yielding. It's those prayers where I surrender to Jesus, where I say, Jesus, I recognize that there's a barrier between who I am and who you want me to be, that I need to let some things go, that there's some sins that I need to confess, there's some behaviors, some actions and attitudes that I need to just turn away from, there are some things that you're calling me to, to take some next steps in my faith, and God, I'm yielding to you, because you're God and I'm not, and, and God, I surrender. It's these prayers of yielding that I believe are the, are the most life-changing and life-transformational moments that we experience these turn into sacred moments where we become more like Jesus. You see, prayer is important. Prayer keeps us focused on Jesus. It helps us become more and more and more like him each and every day. We have to carve out time in our calendars to spend time alone with God. I'll say it again. If it was important to Jesus, it has to be important to us. So if you hear nothing else today Man, spend some time with God each day. Carve out that time on your calendar. Just put it in your calendar and make it a regular date. You are going to spend time alone with God this time every single day. That's going to change your life. That's going to keep you focused on Jesus, no matter what storms of life you may face. So let's dive in. When I spend time alone with God, it keeps me focused on him. So how does that play out? What does that look like in life? The story continues. Jesus is up there praying on the mountain. It says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. Now, let's just be honest. It's three o'clock in the morning. You're in the middle of a storm. It's already a dicey situation. You're panicking because you can't get anywhere in the boat. You're stuck in the water. You don't know what's going on. And you look up in the middle of the night and you see some ghostly figure walking towards you on the water. Yes, let's not mock the disciples. You would have been scared too. It's a terrifying moment. And yet, here's the thing. Why is that a terrifying moment? Well, it's because the disciples have forgotten who they are with. They have been not focusing on Jesus. They have been now focusing on the storm. And here's what happens. In your life, when you focus on the storm, you're going to get scared. Instead of staying focused on Jesus and recognizing, I can put my trust in him. He is faithful. He is not going to leave me. He is not going to forsake me. No matter what I'm experiencing in my life, he's got this. I can put my trust in him. When I take my eyes off Jesus, when I focus on the storm, when I focus on everything that is bombarding me, yeah, I get scared because I'm trying to do this on my own, in my own strength in my own power, and I realize I can't do this. It's terrifying. And so you have to realize, man, in the the middle of the storm, when when life is throwing everything at you, that's going to be the biggest temptation to focus on the storm and be overwhelmed by it. Those are the moments, though, when you have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You cannot turn away from him in that moment. When I focus on the storm, I get scared. It goes on to say, in their fear, they cried out. It's a ghost, which I love, because here's now where we can start mocking them, okay? Because that's just dumb. It's not a ghost. Come on, you guys, get it together. All right? Come on, step out of it. It's a ghost. They have no idea what they're saying now. They're just completely consumed by fear. Fear. And when you get consumed by fear, it does something to you. And I'm just going to shoot straight with you. When you focus on the storm, you're totally scared. You're consumed with fear. You get stupid. All right. When we, when we respond in fear, we always do the dumbest things. And I got to challenge you with this today because this is really important. If you're dealing with a storm in life and you're taking your eyes off of Jesus What does that look like? When I say you're you're scared and that that fear turns into stupidity, what am I saying? Like, you are just calling me names because you can, Pastor Tim? Well, yeah, that's part of it. It's kind of fun. But let's think about this for a second. What happens when I'm focused on the storm? I take my eyes completely off of Jesus, and I'm trying to just navigate all of this trial in life on my own. Well, we see this all around us in the world. People are being bombarded with, with financial problems. The storm of financial problem is coming at them. Well, it's the desire for more possessions, for wealth, for more money that consumes them. They do everything they can to get more money because they think that's going to solve their problems. We have these desires for pleasure, for prestige, for power. All of these things that everything in the world points you toward that never fulfill you, that never bring you the peace or the calm or the joy that you are looking for. And you turn toward those things and it just gets worse we people be, I see people being consumed by the storms of life. They're turning to drugs and alcohol, being consumed by their own addictions. When we take our eyes off Jesus, when we try to navigate the storms of life on our own, man, it never turns out well. We get stupid when we try to do it on our own. I'm going to challenge you today. Maybe you're dealing with a storm in life today, right now, and you're realizing, I've been trying to navigate this on my own, and it's spiraling out of control. Fix your eyes on Jesus. He is the author and he is the perfecter of your faith. It says in Hebrews, he is the one who, for the joy set before him, the joy, mind you, bore the suffering and the punishment and the shame of the cross. So that he could bring you salvation. So he could bring you life. So he could weather this storm for you. I challenge you today. Don't try to navigate this storm on your own. That's, that's going to end up badly. Fix your eyes on Jesus because he is there. He is with you. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. And he is the one who controls the storm. I love how this passage of scripture continues. It says, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Man, this is a great moment. Guys, this is a great moment. Listen, Peter is the one who's always just blurting stuff out. He's impatient. He's the guy that just randomly does things without thinking. And this is a beautiful moment in Scripture where Peter, realizing what he thought was a ghost, now is Jesus his reaction is, yeah, oh, I feel stupid. I thought that was a ghost. Jesus, if that's you, I'll come out of the boat and walk on the water with you. I mean, you, you have to love this about Peter, right? It's, he's just, he's there. He's ready. He wants to be in the thick of things. He wants to be with Jesus. And you love his heart. But he is, yeah, he makes bad decisions sometimes, all right? But he puts himself out there. Man, the guy had faith. And in this moment when he realized it's Jesus, he's offering to jump out of the boat, the only safety that he knows, because now he's focusing on Jesus. He's realizing, man, this is the guy who calmed the storm before. I know that he's got this. I'm going to get out and walk with him. If he's out there walking on the water, I want to be walking on the water with Jesus. This is a beautiful moment because something has to change for us in our faith where it goes from our head to our heart, where it goes from just talk to action. And that's the beautiful thing about Peter. He's willing to step out of the boat and walk by faith. Uh, You've probably heard this story before, but I love this story. I am intrigued by this story. Uh, Last summer, I had the chance to go see Niagara Falls for the very first time. It is extraordinary. It's just a massive waterfall. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely terrifying to think about going over that waterfall. It's just, it's, it's a magnificent waterfall. It's breathtaking. It's amazing. Well, in 1859, there was a guy named Charles Blondin who was a tight tight tightrope walker, all right? He would walk across the tightrope. He strung a wire across Niagara Falls, 160 feet above the falls, and started tightrope walking back and forth from the United States of America to Canada, back and forth, over and over again. And he did this so many times that he started bringing props with him. He went over the tightrope in in a sack. He went over the tightrope blindfolded. It says once he even took an oven with him, I don't know how, and cooked an omelet on the tightrope over Niagara Falls. It's hilarious stuff. Well, it all accumulated into this one great moment where he walked across to Canada, came back to the United States across the tightrope with a wheelbarrow. He's got the crowd all worked up. They're all excited. They can't believe that they've seen this guy do this extraordinary feat. And he gets back to the crowd and he says, who thinks I can walk back across to Canada? Everybody in the crowd's going, yeah, we believe in you, blonde, and you can do this. Who believes that I can take the wheelbarrow again? Yes, we believe you can do it. Who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? nobody, crickets, everybody's silent. That's the difference, right? Between believing in your head and believing in your heart. It's the difference between being all talk and really being willing to step out and take action. It's an extraordinary thing. And Peter in this moment is not just talking. He's not just saying, hey, uh, yeah, if that's you, tell me to get out of the boat, I'll jump in with you. Man, this guy takes action. And I love that. When you are focused on Jesus, when you realize that he is with you in the storm, man, don't be afraid to take action because Jesus is with you. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. You will weather this storm. So Peter, (laughs) he's talking to Jesus. Jesus, if it's you, tell me to get out of the boat. I'll come walk to you. So Jesus responds in verse 29. He says, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus, which at this point, I'm betting you every other disciple in the boat is saying, man, I wish I would have said that. That's pretty cool, right? I mean, everybody's jealous of Peter in this moment because they're all watching. They're all just as amazed as you or I would have been. This is an amazing moment. But here's what happens. Look at this. It says, but when Peter saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. He got terrified because he took his eyes off Jesus. It's all about your focus. Man, when he was focused on Jesus, he said, I've got the courage to walk out on that water with you, Jesus. If it's you, if that is you, Jesus, tell me to come out and I will be there with you. But as soon as he took his eyes off Jesus, as soon as he lost that focus, man, that fear, it just it crashed right over him again. He took his eyes off of Jesus, the storm began to overwhelm him, and he began to sink. There's a powerful lesson there. We have to stay focused. We have to keep our eyes on Jesus. Because here's the thing. When I focus on the storm, <laughs> I get soaked. Man, the storm of life, those those waves will rush right over me, and I won't be able to weather that storm. Not on my own, not on my own strength, not on my power, not on my own might. I have to keep my eyes fixed on Jesus. With Jesus, all things are possible. And it doesn't matter what that storm looks like. Man, Jesus is the lover of your soul. He is with us yesterday, today, and forever. He holds your very eternity in his hand. He loves you as a child. He, he calls you by his name. He places his name on you. And you've got to keep your eyes on him, and you've got to trust in him. Because if you don't, you're going to try to weather these storms of life, no matter what they look like, whether it's financial, whether it's relational, whether it's physical, whatever that storm looks like to you. And if you try to weather that on your own, you're going to get beaten up by the storm. You've got to stay fixed on Jesus. You've got to focus on him. What an amazing moment here. It says Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? I'm I'm right here. I'm right in front of you. When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. They said, you really are the son of God. What a beautiful moment. See, when I focus on God, when I focus on Jesus, what I see is salvation. I don't see the storm any longer. I see the one who can save me. I see the one who loves me with an extravagant love. I see the one who is with me, who never leaves me, who never who never forsakes me. I see the one who is my father, who calls me his child, who has placed his name on me. And I want to challenge you today in the, in the strongest terms. Man, will you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus? What are you focusing on? If you're dealing with a storm in life, it, life is just coming after you. The the walls are crashing in. And keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. And I want to challenge you today to take a step of faith. Surrender your storm to Jesus. Whatever it is that's overwhelming you, whatever that looks like in the situation that you're facing, I want to encourage you today in the strongest possible way. It's time. Take that leap of faith and surrender this storm to Jesus. I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier, the idea that we have different types of prayers. See, when we praise Jesus, we are recognizing that he is the king of kings, he is the Lord of lords, there is no one like him. I can put my trust in Jesus. When I bring my request to him, I'm saying, Jesus, I need your help. I cannot do this on my own. When I have those prayers of appreciation, I'm saying, Jesus, thank you, because you've been faithful in the past, and I know you'll be faithful today with the storm that I'm dealing with right now. When I pray those prayers that yield, those prayers of surrender, when I say, Jesus, I can't handle this storm on my own, I need to give this to you. Man, it's in those moments when we humble ourselves before God, when we draw close to him. Man, he draws close to us and he wraps us in, our, in his arms. So I challenge you in this moment, surrender your storm to Jesus. Draw close to him, and he will draw close to you. Jesus, we are so thankful for who you are today. We praise you because there is no one like you. Yours is the name above all names. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Jesus, we just lift your name high. We thank you for your many blessings in our lives that we simply don't deserve. We are blessed beyond measure because of the love that you have for us. And Jesus, we're just asking right now that the storms that we are facing in life, whether we're nervous about finances or, or job situations or family issues or relationships, whatever life is throwing at us, for every single person from every single place that's being watched right now, God, would you just meet each and every one of us where we are at right now? Because Jesus, we are surrendering our storms to you. And we're asking, Jesus, for you to take the storm because you have the power to take the storm. You are, are present in our lives. And Jesus, we believe that you love us with an everlasting love. And so in this moment, Jesus, we surrender to you. We draw close to you. And we ask God to provide because you are our father. You love us as a child. And we can put our trust in you. So we lift your name high and we praise you today. We pray this in your name. Amen.